0: Vegas bad boys of podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host Matt Michaels.
1: Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco and happy birthday a couple days ago, Joe. How does it feel to be uh twenty? Two again i think it is or 23 again
0: actually it was one day ago because it was yesterday
1: well i know it was yesterday but when people are listening to this it was two days ago
0: oh there you go good thinking <laughs> on that one yes it was a very impactful day uh let's see i sat at the house picked the wife up from work she went to sleep and i went and lost money gambling so yeah it was a <laughs> And I went to the school for thirty minutes, so it was a big day. Big day.
1: Hey, you know, speaking of gambling on your birthday, are are you getting any offers um, for the birthdays through the casinos? Because I know there used to be a really nice uh, thing that stations did, where you got like fifty, like free play um, dollars. Uh, on your birthday. Yeah, date. they
0: used to have like some kind of like Aladdin's ball for the yeah. you know, when you in your card. They don't do anything anymore, you know. They used to do, hey, like I played enough where they'd give me a uh a a dinner certificate and it was like twenty five bucks off the food, nothing crazy. Yeah. But every month you get that. It's like they don't do after the pandemic they, they cut the points in half, they did all that stuff and yeah, it's totally different now. Like they're trying to get all their money back in you know in two months that they lost in a year.
1: Yeah. Um, so you know you, you talked about that uh, you went down to the school for uh, for about a half an hour. Um, what more is, than I can take? <laughs> what is going on with uh, the upcoming uh, shows for SummerSlam weekend? Um, you know, again to remind listeners. Uh, Natural Born Killers is going to be uh, that Friday night, the uh, 20, 20th I think it is. Uh, the twenty, yep,
0: yeah, the twentieth at eleven p.m. We have uh, Graves already signed. Obviously, Cal Jack, Tom Lawler is hosting. Uh, was just uh, texting uh, Stefan Bonner and Frank Mir. Uh, just got a message back from Mir. He he was supposed to be out of town to the twentieth. But I guess he said they moved the date, so we're going to talk to him uh, either to be on the card as a performer or as a commentator because, you know, he yeah. did a tremendous job uh, in commentary. Yeah. You know, I hoping he'll work for way less on commentary than he will <laughs> to fight. You, you know what I mean? But, you know, Tito Escondido, he, he should be back after he had a collapsed lung. And... Uh, He's actually said he might be available uh, for the show on the 7th that we're doing. But so he'll definitely be in the mix. Uh, Dave mazzani has been signed. Ryan Walker, who fought at uh, NBK2, former Bellator fighter. Uh, There's another guy from Extreme Couture that Mazzani's put over. Uh, We're working on, uh, you know, a women's match, you know, for sure. Uh, Brett the Threat claims that he will be there. And is gonna offer an open challenge uh, to anybody whose first name is Bodhi, I believe. And uh, <laughs> you know So, but I believe the first name has to be Bodhi, so it eliminates Sin Bodhi. So I'm not sure <laughs> where we're going on that one. Uh, yeah, you know, talking with TJP to return, us uh, Simon Gotch. So it's definitely going to be a, a really strong card. Chris Dickinson, we're just seeing if he's going to be out here for the GCW. He usually is. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the only issue with that card is trying to only do seven matches when there's so many guys. Yeah. Because it isn't wrestling where you can do a six-man. But maybe I'll try it. You know, we could do a fatal four-way at Foreign Killers. You know, just as Frank Mir is going to tap out Stefan Bonner, you know, maybe Kane Velasquez comes in with the chair and takes him out. You never know. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you've just now <laughs> you've solidified
1: the joke forever that Joe DeFalco only runs eight man matches.
0: <laughs> so there I, you go. It's. It's going to be tough. Seven matches, two people. Wow, only 14 guys on a show. <laughs> oh, my you God. You know, and the funny thing is I'm getting hit through the woodworks, you know. Ricky Tenacious. Oh, you know, I have a wrestling background. It's like, well, okay, that that's good to know. And Judah Matthew, you know, he just wants to do a promo at the end uh, thanking his father for uh, allowing him to perform tonight, you know. I don't think he actually wants to fight, but he just wants to thank his dad. You know? So, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, who say, hey, bro, you know, I'd love to be on the card. And it's like, yeah, so will a million other people.
1: Uh, Well, everyone get ready for the uh, pre-show 20-man rumble. Uh, yes. <laughs> winner, winner faces Frank Mayer.
0: I always wanted to do an over-the-top steel cage match. So that would be, be that was always a good gimmick, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, then having uh, four different referees, you have four four guys in the cage, four different referees, and all four guys' feet hit the ground at the same time.
0: Yeah, and the refs all screw it up anyway, so yeah. it won't matter.
1: <laughs> um, so that's that's what's going on on Friday night again 11 p.m. Uh, SummerSlam weekend and then the next day 12 noon is the uh, FSW versus GCW show uh, any news on what's going on with that show uh, anything kind of formulating taking place in terms of uh, what kind of matches or how many matches might be on the card
0: uh just through the name wise of this of the matches we're probably looking at eight matches uh later today we're going which actually would have been uh i guess uh, last night uh, we will be announcing the first three participants who will be representing fsw which of course i can announce here uh and the first three participants representing fsw will be chris bay funny bone and jay vidal so that's the three Now, I talked with Brett at GCW uh, earlier last week, and he was like, hey, you know, we just need to get through the weekend. Obviously, they got a new heavyweight champion. (laughs) They got a lot of things going on, which, you know, puts a little, you know, throws some things up in the air. You know, we were looking for Nick Gage to defend the uh, GCW belt. Yeah. And, you know, now it's uh, Matt Cardona. So, which I think was a brilliant move because, you know, like he's so the anti-GCW guy that it's fantastic that, you know, no matter who he wrestles in the future, that guy's going to be the biggest baby face in the company at that time because they want to get that belt off that motherfucker. They hate him, (sighs) you know. Yeah. That, that that's tremendous you know as much heat as our boy class has I, I he wishes he gets that matt cardona heat that he gets at gcw you know yep. and you think you know if he came back as zach Ryder and it was like after you know when he was hot i think he's he's a beloved he would be beloved in, in right. gcw but now that that whole persona has changed what Like, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a GCW heavyweight championship match without light tubes and without blood and gore. And it's like, oh, shit. You know, they went over the top for sure. You know, you, you would think, you you know, you would think that they would have saved that maybe for down the line or it's like, like, I, I was shocked that he was able That he even did that stuff. So, you know, shocking. And there you go. It was like, oh, can't take the call. It's my guy Frank Mir. So, got to call him back.
1: Uh, um, And uh, let me uh, me ask you this. Uh, You know, with that happening, with, uh, you know, just seeing how brutal that match was and, you know, the reaction of course was was crazy online um does someone like that who has that um you know that background or reputation of um someone who really is not a hardcore wrestler uh does that interest you and in, you know you're thinking of hey maybe um you know, we we run some kind of match like that where one of our guys who is not known as a hardcore guy goes against someone like Funny Bone, and and I'm talking just in FSW, not necessarily in the the uh, versus GCW uh, show. But have you ever been in that situation where you've put um, someone who is not known for uh, hardcore skills? going into a match with a guy like funny bone or sin where there's some brutality involved
0: well i think we did very recently when uh, ice williams wrestled funny bone and yeah. you know that was a vicious match i'll tell you that and you know you got to give ice credit you know he, he took a severe beating in that going through the doors you know funny yeah. bone with the thumbtacks it's it was a pretty uh, intense match for a guy like Ice Williams, who's more of this, you know, old school character kind of wrestler. Right. You, you know what I mean? And even a couple of years ago, uh, when we saw the early stages of Matt Vandegrift, you know, he works Sin body, you yeah. know, with a beers and body slams, and you know, Matt was looking to do, as we've seen, he, you know, he's. He's definitely a daredevil and a high-risk taker. So, you know, now when you look back, it doesn't really surprise you that he would do that. But back then, he really did it. Then all of a sudden, you see a clip of him, like, you know, climbing on top of of somewhere and jumping 20 feet, you know. And then I just saw one recently, he did a moonsault from, like, 30 feet. Yeah. (laughs) Break that guy's uh, shoulder, you know. Oh, he landed pretty hard. I saw the I saw the uh the clip. I was like, dang. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, if, if people haven't seen that, check out Matt Vandergriff's uh social media because man, that oof, I, I, I don't even have the words because you talk about someone who is absolutely fearless and also lands it really nice he could have he could have gone into like a twist of fate or something because he hit it so fluently in terms of, you know, Vandergrift basically absorbed most, most of that fall. It was crazy. Um,
0: or he could have cracked his skull wide open and never wrestled again. So that, that was the other option.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think, uh, he's, um, a, a perfect example of a daredevil versus those of us who, uh, don't want to ever see ourselves with a cracked skull. Um, does that, does that, uh, when you see the execution of stuff like that with guys who are, you know, the heart of FSW, um, do you hold your breath every time you see something crazy that a guy like Matt does, or are you just confident enough that, um, he's making the choices he's making based on his ability and what's good for the, the story and, um, you know, just, hopefully everything is is set up right so he doesn't get injured
0: yeah you know every time there's a ladder match every time there's something you know crazy that's going on in the back of your mind you're like oh okay they're gonna do this crazy ladder spot now always think of you know the Hardys with joey mercury and when the ladder hit his face and you saw immediately i'm watching it live and i'm like holy fuck yeah. and then all of a sudden. You just saw the blood gushing, and it was like fucking a. And 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 basically something like that happened uh, this past weekend uh, with with Remy Marcel, Brandon G, and Bodie. Uh, Remy and Bodie teamed up against Greatness and Tenacious, and Bodie looked like he was going to do a Canadian Destroyer with an assist from Remy, and Remy nailed Brandon G square in the face. And he went down like a ton of bricks. And you could see he was in la-la land. And he was finally able to slide to the outside. And then you just saw the blood everywhere, which, you know, thumbs up for Brandon G for not bleeding on the canvas, brother. And, and sliding over to where he was in the uh, on the concrete, where it was a lot easier to wipe up, you know, than the, under the new Garth. Get Garth Stein that we had planted on the uh, on the canvas at the FSW arena.
1: Oh man! Um, and and anyone who um, is interested, if you haven't signed up for the FSW network at six ninety nine, um, you can see uh, the show that happened this past weekend.
0: Um, Little technical difficulties on that one, and it was nobody's fault. It was actually a internet outage that was in our area.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is, um, if anyone doesn't know, Las Vegas the last few days, uh, you know, going back to about Friday or so, uh, had some really, really just brutal uh, storm fronts come through, and it really messed with, you know, power and uh, cable and internet and you know and all these various different uh things that this storm did including uplifting uplifting trees and we had uh sunday night it was around just after midnight you hear outside this and a, a huge tree had fallen right like two houses down from us and uh the crews came out there to pick up the the stuff right away so it's been crazy but the show is now up um pretty pretty good speaking of matt vandergriff and ice williams pretty good little main event you had there
0: oh outstanding match uh no doubt about it you know and you know matt vandergriff he's just been on a roll he's just had some of the best matches you know that we've seen in fsw this year you know he is really broken out and, and, again, he did have that opportunity. A lot of times when you get into tag matches and tag teams, you really stop doing the singles match. Yeah. But because of scheduling and things like that, even before Damian Drake got hurt, you know, Matt was still doing a future shock or doing a random singles match here and there. And then when we knew that Damian Drake was getting the surgery, you know, we kind of left him off a couple of shows anyway. Uh, just so... You know we can I guess not make the issue even worse right you know so Matt had the opportunity and then you know he worked Jay Vidal and he worked Eli Everfly and he worked Lacey Ryan who wanted to wrestle Matt before you know we knew she was leaving so it was like hey we we made that now that, that was another you know outstanding match yeah. so you know you look at that no limits division and between Jay Vidal, Matt Vandergriff, Ice Williams, uh Gregory Sharp at this point, you know, anybody could be the champion. Yeah. Division, you know, there there's a lot of uh choices to to carry that belt. Chris Bay obviously is is gearing toward uh, you know, a match with Ice Williams. So, you know, it's kind of crazy when Chris Bay might be the third choice between Jay Vidal, Matt Vandergriff, and Chris Bay, you know, that yeah. that's how good those other guys are hot as hot can be. You know, uh, the show kicked off. Jay Vidal was, was, was tired of what Gregory Sharp and those guys brawled all over the place. And it was definitely a hot start to, uh, to the show. You know, we, we, we had a lot of good things, and, and that's what I'm talking about. When we run shows, nobody can compete, man. It's like we had a show that didn't have our heavyweight champion, Hammerstone. You know, it, it didn't have graves. It didn't have class. You know, it didn't have a lot of people that are Adrian Quest, Brandon Gatson, you know, the RMB. You know, th- there was a lot of top tier talent that wasn't there because we have more top tier talent than pretty much anybody. Yeah, that we can go a show and and not use half of our top twenty guys, and we're not going to miss a beat.
1: Um, and and speaking of you know talent, Midnight Heat comes in to face Death Proof. Uh, what did you think about that match?
0: Unfortunately, our fans are very finicky. So when a team comes out that they don't know, you know, they, they, they kind of brush it aside. You know, the fact that they're defied tag champs, they, they wrestle Hollywood all the time. They wrestle a lot in Oregon. They're up and down the West Coast. They, they worked PPW in Vegas for years, right. you know, Ricky Gibson did. And him and Cody and him and Jake, they they they've kind of run against each other, you know, in the past, you know, years. But to the FSW crowd, they're kinda of not very known. So it takes a while for them, you know, they're 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 now gonna even be more solidly behind Death Proof. Yeah. So it's really hard for them and you know, to try to get over to the crowd to where they're taken as a serious threat to win the tag titles, you know? And when they don't, it's kind of expected. So it's like, you know, you're also trying to give Death Proof, you know, a really good match being that they've kind of gone through the whole tag team division. So it's like, hey, let's freshen it up. Let's give them a a tag team that's that's doing very well on the West Coast, you know? And, you know, a crowd maybe gets into this one and – Unfortunately, they they didn't get into the match, you know, the way I would have, you know, hoped for. Yeah. And again, you know, if we brought them in and they beat up three different teams over three different shows and then worked deathproof, then I think maybe there'd be a buzz. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's very rare for a team to come in and, you know, the uh, Toko Uso But that's because Juicy's kind of known already, and Toa is this big monster. And when they come in and they're throwing people around and they're beating the shit out of the heavyweight champion Hammerstone, it's easy for people to buy into that tag team. Yeah. You know, the problem with that tag team is Juicy's a hot commodity. You know, after that GCW appearance, he's really gotten a lot of bookings. And you really got to catch him far in advance. Yeah. You know, Toa's newer, he's fresher, but thanks to our boy Sepha, who put the word because Toa comes from Knox Pro, where, you know, Rikishi's the owner. So Sepha said, you know, you got to get to FSW. So Toa's really made it a priority. So now the MK Army that consisted of Tito as the main singles guy and Toko Uso as the tag. Has really turned into Toa as the main singles guy to carry the load because he's pretty much on every show. Uh, you know, Juicy's gonna be here SummerSlam weekend, and Tito's hurt, so you know it, it's up to Toa to to carry the banner. Yeah, and, and you know each time he comes out, you know him and Graves had a war. You know they had a four way. You know a big match and you know nino black tossed him out of the rumble and he and he got his revenge and and he took out nino black this week so toa is definitely a guy that you better keep your eye on if you want to talk about you know who's a guy that is a threat to the heavyweight championship
1: yeah i i i think that there's a lot of good things in toa's future um you know thinking of like you said the tag team division um death proof haven't really kind of wrestled everyone have you had any thoughts about potentially bringing in uh maybe a reno scum
0: to fight death proof you know there's been some discussions but most importantly budget is 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 a key factor you know uh Unfortunately, doing shows at the school or at the FSW arena, as we like to call it, you know, really limits the budget compared to a Samstown. Right at Samstown, we know we're going to do more than the 200 people that we'll do if we sell out the FSW arena. And if we're putting a show with Death Proof against the Reno scum. I'm pretty sure Hammerstone's wrestling Toa and Remy's wrestling this guy. And now all of a sudden, you know, the cost, you know, far outweighs the potential income that comes in. You know, those are kind of like the anniversary show. Like we desperately needed to do it somewhere else just because we wanted to make it special. And even though we can fit 200 or 220 at the FSW arena, they're packed in like sardines. Yeah, It's not a comfortable 220 people. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, the sides have one row. Uh, for FSW, GCW, we might have two rows and no guardrails. So people get up from over there by where the, the runway is. Man, like, excuse me, excuse me. You know, there's literally no room. I actually have a meeting tomorrow with a place uh, that actually called me up and said, hey, uh, nice big joint. They think they could do about 600 people. Obviously, that's without the ring. So add the ring in there, but it's close to Allegiant Stadium. And hey, you know, I'm hoping the stars align. And, you know, we sold out a second row, but we only have 25 second row because we didn't offer the the side seats which is 20 and 20, which is another 40 seats. Right. So if this place is literally within walking distance of Allegiant, it's five minutes away. So anybody who's afraid to come because, hey, the show's at 12, it's 2.30, maybe it goes to three because it's GCW. Oh, no, we're only going to get to SummerSlam an hour and 20 minutes before the show starts, God forbid. And. Now, if you only have to walk five minutes, maybe more people are willing to show up because now they can walk there. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, we're going to see what the future holds. I've seen some pictures, you know, and some of it looks good and some of it looks iffy. So it's, you know, you have to actually be there, you know, to see the place. So, you know obviously we love diversion amusement and we're looking to be there survival of the fittest, uh, September 24th or 25th. But we need, you know, we need different places. We need to, you know, we can't do diversion because the owner's mother's having her 103rd birthday party on Saturday, SummerSlam day, August 21st. So even if we wanted to do the FSW GCW show there, still be you know impossible to do i i don't know joe i think that the ec
1: the the gcw versus fsw show would be the perfect place to celebrate your 103rd birthday
0: i i would think so you know you can you know get a, a light tube to the head from nick gage
1: uh, and, and you know what? I don't think Nick Gage would uh, hold back from beating up... Uh... No,
0: not, not at all.
1: <laughs> um, you know, speaking of the weekend again of SummerSlam, the, um, the third show that you guys are doing is the uh, Future Stars of Women Wrestling show. Uh, how is that coming along? And um, are you finding that uh, you are seeing the, the number of women that will be in town is uh, something that you're able to use to your advantage to book uh, a full, solid uh, card for that show.
0: Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Like I said, we got uh, two girls from AEW Dark, uh, Natalia Markova, a girl named Vert Vixen, and they're going to be in town. And they're working at AEW Dark. Checked out their stuff. You know, they're going to be there. Actually, uh, because she trains at the school uh, with and danger and Jay Vidal and Vandegrift and, and Damian Drake, uh, Katie Forbes has pitched an intergender match with Jay Vidal. Wow. So, and, you know, she's willing to, you know, work with us when it comes to, you know, the financials, Sure. you know, the first thing I said, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're, uh, you're out of my budget league. And she said, you know, we'll make it work. So, uh, you know, she's there. <laughs> and literally, I've gotten messages from women and women that may not even be planning on being there for SummerSlam weekend, but they'll make their way out, you know, wow. if, if they could be on the show. Wow. So, you know, we've already got Maz and Sandra Moon and Strella, you know, and Bryn Thorne and Viva Van and C.C. Chanel. Like, they're all, I pretty much believe, booked for that show. Ed uh, Katie and Jay Vidal. You know, who knows? Maybe they tag up against uh, the last show's intergender uh, champions, uh, Ricky Tenacious and uh, Ola the Explorer.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you look at... You know the the idea of putting a show like that together, where you're going to have a showcase of all this great talent um, from around, you know, the the country. Uh, essentially, uh, is it is it something that you have to take into consideration in the booking of the show? How to make your girls look strong, but also to allow the other women to, you know, look just as good. Um, you know, how do you balance that? And even with, you know, the men that come in from around the country, is that something that you have to take into consideration so that, uh, everyone feels like they've been treated fairly enough so that if you liked what they did, they would then be able to come back.
0: Well, either way, you know, it, it, everybody's always looking for opportunities and when you're talking about womens stuff there's a there's a few companies that run you know full-blown women' shows but if you go through the average card on an independent wrestling show there's gonna be eight or nine matches and you're lucky to have two women's matches you know maybe in some special occasions you're gonna have three yeah. and you know that's the that, that's the issue when it comes to, say, at FSW. You know, the Sandra Moons and the Mazes and the, now Strella, who's kind of gotten to that next level. Yeah. You know, they need opportunities to work. But, you know, we got two young girls. We got Dana Lynn and Alice Blair. And, and they're, you know, they're getting there. But it's like, it's hard. Like, how many times can that combination of Sandra, Maz, and Strella – kind of work each other right. you know obviously we haven't gone to the Maz strella thing because they've kind of been paired together but you know if strella goes out and kills alice blair in a minute and a half why would a month and a half later i want to see this match again right you don't you know so you work on different things just like when Lacey was there a lot of times there was an opportunity so that's why she'd work a vandergrift right you know She'd work at Jay Vidal. What, whatever it is, you know, we'd put her in an intergender tag. It, either way, when you're in training, you're going to work with guys, girls. It doesn't matter. Right. Everybody's working with each other, you know. And know how to work. And in a lot of cases, we see with some of the girls that they work better, especially when they're younger, working the guys, because they don't hold back as much. Right. You know? And... You know, now all of a sudden it's like, well, that's cool. Viva Van wants to work and Brent Thorne wants to work and CC Chanel wants to work and Vipress wants to work. It's like, okay, well, I got Brent Thorne coming in. I got Viva Van coming in. I got CC Chanel coming. Okay. Well, that's three girls. Now am I doing a tag match? Am I doing a four way? Am I doing three singles matches? You know, then that's a lot because got to remember I got 40 guys And now I'm only giving them five matches and I got three girls and they're all getting matches. Right. So when you look at it as, Hey, you know, how come you don't have more girl, you know, women's matches? Well, there's only so many you can have. And then it's like, well, I got six tag teams and you're bringing in the midnight heat or you bring in true grit or you bring in the, the 1% West coast wrecking crew, whatever it is, the Reno scum, that makes the suavecitos, the creature features, the sky highs not have a spot. Right. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of juggling. You know, it's really easy for my kid to come out on SummerSlam and, and, and do a show that weekend because he doesn't have any loyalties, priorities, etc. He's just booking a one-off eight person eight card show. Right. So Sure. Hey, Matt Vandergriff. Who do you want to work? You, you know what I mean. Hey, J, J. Vidal. Hey, we're gonna do this match or we're gonna do that match because it's easy. There's no storylines. There's no. There's nothing set up. It's like, hey, you know, it kind of wrote itself with Strella and The Shade at the Rumble. Right. So, you know, I felt that it was a good opportunity for Strella to do something different. You know and working with the shade who's extremely, extremely popular, you know, it it turned out to be, you know, some really good stuff. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to mix and match and make something mean something because as witnessed death proof in the midnight heat is probably one of the best matches on the card, but it had far less steam as a match. Not for Death Proof because they get behind them and everything. Right. But at match interest, you know, people are going to be as interested in Strella and DeShade. And they're going to love the idea of Ice Williams and Vandergriff because story-wise, the faction's been strong. Ice Williams has held the belt forever. And Matt Vandergriff is a legitimate threat. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, you mentioned uh, someone like Brent Thorne. Do you uh when you look at you know the the early bookings that you had Brynn on and where she is now, do you see the development in talent like that where they are from out of state but they've been around FSW a number of times for you to see how they've grown as a performer? Is is she a good example of that?
0: Yeah, she Yes and no because what happened was she came out and I saw her some do some stuff and wasn't happy at all. It was, it was terrible. She shit the bed. She'll tell you the same thing. Then we were doing that Limitless uh, show uh, with the L.A. Lucha people uh, a year or two ago. And she was on one of the shows. And I, it might have been a battle royal or whatever, but it was mixed and matched. And she was a totally different performer because she was in with the men yeah. and it was like, you got to understand you can't lighten up. You you have to do it the same way. You know, it, it, it doesn't look good when you're kind of pussyfooting around and you're, you're kind of lightening up. You can see that, yeah. you know, people want to believe in the realism and didn't use her again for a while. And, but as she's come back, she she's improved a lot. And again, she's young. It ain't like she's, Thirty-one, You know, from what I understand, I believe she's like 24, 23. Yeah. You know, she's that old. Yeah. So she's definitely got a bright future. You know, I told her, it's like, hey, when you're in town, it'd be nice if you actually let me know, you know, instead of uh, two hours before the show, I get a message from Sandra Moon. Oh, Brent Thorne's going to come down to the show. And it's like, well, yeah, I got nothing for her. Right. Now, if she told me the week of that she's there, might be able to figure something
1: out. Um, when we look at, uh, you know, we talked about the SummerSlam weekend. We talked about, uh, the, uh, past weekend's, uh, show here, the high octane show, uh, coming up on, uh, Saturday, the 31st of July is the future shock show. What was the whole origins of future shock? And, um, you know is is it has it been something that uh cuz i know back in like our upw days for me the shows that they would have for young talent about 20 people would be there it'd be you know at the school and it was really just kind of a, a polishing session you know getting guys to work in front of you know family and friends or, whatever you would yeah, have. Yeah, I know the time. Riggs
0: Brothers used to work a lot of those shows, the light shows, they were called. Yeah. Uh, well, it started at the Boulder Highway location, and we basically called it the, uh, the student showcase, you know, where guys who weren't ready, the younger, younger talent was like, hey, here's an opportunity. Let's see how they can do. And – it kind of ran its course, a lot of work involved to run a show for 15 to 20 people, you know, and Future Shock student showcase has always been, you know what, I promote my ass off. We try to get people to the events. These shows are your shows. You know, we're charging $10 a general admission ticket and we're giving you $3 per ticket sold. So you either can sell them for seven or you could sell them for 10 and keep the three bucks on your own. And for a while it was, you're responsible for five tickets. You want to be on the show and that's $35. You want to get on the show, you're paying $35. If you can't sell the tickets, have your family and friends come support you. You know, if, if you can't get one person in your life to come support you as a wrestler, you, you may not have a great future you know, in the business, because your job is to sell yourself. Yeah. And if you can't get a family or friend to come to your, your thing. And we have done some shows in the past where the future shocks have outdrawn the high octane. Uh, a lot of times it was when we put like somebody like Bodie or a couple of the kids, the younger kids, and they came out full force supporting, you know, the opportunity. We actually did one all kids, kids class show. And it was probably one of the most attended uh, FSW Arena events we've ever had because, you know, who sold 12 and 9 and 14 and then our regulars and it was a packed house, you you know, to see those events. And it's like there's so many opportunities like, okay, we got we got our guy Reese. He's been training over a year now. And, you know, he finally got a little bit of a taste. He got to be in a tag match uh, against Sinbodee and Bodie. Uh, him and Davion, who's also 16 years old. Reese is older. He's not a kid. And, you know, he's hungry for a singles match. And he's not ready to have a singles match on high octane or in a casino. So we're going to give him an opportunity. So we're going to have him work Sin Bodhi. You know, here's a guy, the guy who's taught him, the that- trained him one of one of his trainers that he can you know make sure it doesn't go awry right you know if you got young guys and it's and and start you know it starts shitting the bed there's nobody there to pull it back in right you know why and a lot of times on future shock a guy like greg sharp would be on that show and he'd always work some of the younger talent because He's one of those guys that was always patient. He he understood, you know, if a guy wasn't ready, he understood like, hey, Joe said give him a little if it doesn't work out, you know, finish it. If it does work out, give him a little more, let's see how he can how he does, how he reacts, you know, if he screws up how, how he responds to that. And it's harder to do that in a practice match in class. Right. So this gives these guys the opportunity because back in the day, it would be like, I remember uh, Romero and Jacob Austin, young gorgeous and young. And we probably didn't do a future shock, but they got to work the pre-show matches. And that was, you know, that's where the invent of the eight man tag came. And, and this, this, the, the, the five way scramble, It was trying to get some of these younger guys an opportunity. And, you know, some are dumb fucks. And, you know, they look at it as, oh, I'm in this throwaway match. And it's like, if you're in a match for 30 seconds, you have 30 seconds to show your worth. And your philosophy is, oh, I'm in a throwaway match. Well, good riddance, you know. Who are you and who do you deserve to be on the main show over, you know. My idea is trying to get you guys an opportunity to wrestle in front of four or five, six hundred people and see how you react. I understand it's the pre-show and, and, and half the crowd may not be there, but it's still better than working in front of nobody in a practice match. Yeah, you know. And guys who've shined on those shows get more. The, you know the enhancement guys like a Brandon G who worked their ass off, to make the other guy look good may not be in you know positions to be a champion but his goal is to be a wrestler and be on shows so he's the guy who gets on shows yeah because he works hard understands what's needed from him you know a lot of times guys come in and it's basically a, a squash match but they need to try to get some cool shit in because they think they need to do it to impress me. It's like, how about you do that in a practice match at, at the class? Not when I need you guys to get beat up in a minute and you're trying to like do cool stuff and ruin everything that I want in the match. That doesn't, that doesn't do anything for me. Um, and along those lines, do you think that
1: when you're a student, when you're still learning, when you're still growing, do you think that it is kind of, and, and I I don't know if it's the training or if it's just the 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 thirst for you know being seen and and making it or or being famous or, or something like that. But do you think that there is a a loss of understanding that what is more important is that you show the solidity that you know when you're given the direction of what needs to be done that you can do it. And that is more important because as you go out and you start working for other promoters, the main thing that you need to do is be able to go in and do what is asked of you. Um, and of course, the the term is doing the job. Um, but in a sense, that is a true thing because... When you're hired, you are given a job to do, um, regardless if you're going over or if you're uh, taking the pin. Do you think that's a a very important thing that kind of gets lost in this generation of you know everyone needing to feel like they have highlight reels and they get more uh, you know YouTube hits and social media
0: hits? Yeah, you know the the, the problem is everybody's trying to get out there. So there's a few guys I've had conversations with, like this is your persona and this is your character here. And I don't need your character to all of a sudden start cleaning house and super kicking everybody because you want to show a 20 second clip to somebody in Chicago that you're trying to get booked on. Like this is what I need in the match. I understand, but I need to worry about my product and my show. And that, that's what becomes the conflict because you are looking for yourself. You're trying to get yourself out there and you're trying to make yourself known to the masses. Well, if it's in a situation To where you're not really doing a lot Or doing what you want to do Then What do you do? You try to slip some stuff in Slide in some stuff Because you want to have a highlight reel Hey, I need a clip of this I need a clip of that Well, if you're not doing a lot in the match Because of the way the story is being told How do you prove to that person That you can do more? So I, I understand it But unfortunately, there's things that we need or I need to where now maybe I don't book you on the next show. And you're losing out on, you know, two opportunities a month and you wrestle once instead of three times because I need somebody like a Brandon G, for example, who is going to go out there, show his ass, uh, let Bodhi beat him up. And not be like, oh, well, he's just a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, You know, the biggest misconception is it's a work. The job is to have people believe what you're doing, be enthralled by what you're doing, and being engaged by what you're doing. You know, I had a conversation with big-name guy about natural-born killers. And... It's like, you know, you need to be a little more realistic uh, because nobody really believes that I would tap out. And it's like, yeah, it's wrestling. If it was an MMA fight right. and you lost a guy 100 pounds less, that'd be a different story. When you're a non-regular coming into a territory, you're going to put somebody over. Yeah. It's just it is. Or you're going to wrestle some jobber guy that it probably wouldn't be worth somebody flying you in and paying your rate. Like, I'm never going to spend $500 for a guy and spend $400 on a flight to now wrestle, you know, a low end guy. Yeah. Because it wouldn't do any service to anybody. You know, I'm not bringing in an EC3. And then he is going to work, you know. And, and I'm not even going to say a low end guy. I'm not going to put a, a guy like a Fresco in there with him who's higher than a low card guy because nobody's going to believe Fresco is going to beat EC3 to begin with. Right. So E3 is going to walk in and he's going to be working guys like a Hammerstone, a Graves, a, a bigger name main event guy because he has name value that unless, you know, you're doing a program and he's going to be around for a while, sure, then maybe you do something with the faction and them, like a Danny Limelight, who obviously isn't at the level of an EC3, but he's a bigger name outside talent that comes in that's still at that borderline where you don't have to pay crazy amounts of money to get him yet, you know, he's semi-local in Cali, he wants to come out, you know, he hasn't become such a superstar that he's going to demand Matt Hardy money. The faction like he did. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. So, you know, it's understanding things on all parts. Unfortunately, a lot of guys, whether they understand or not, they don't give a fuck. They only care about themselves. And, you know, and again, in a lot of cases, you need to do what's best for you. You know, I hear guys tell me, hey, well, I was told, not by anybody from management, but from wrestler, hey, if your music doesn't hit, don't come out. So if the sound's broke, we don't have a show because you'll never come out. (laughs) Like, you're not more important than the show. Right. The show goes on without Get the fuck out of the way, and I'll go right now and find two guys that will come out in their jeans and a T-shirt that weren't on the show and run out there to get a match. Yeah. You know? It's like, in most cases, the reason people like your music is it's because it's somebody else's fucking song that they like. It ain't you. It's the song. Yeah. Hey, I love Eminem. You come out to an Eminem. You think anybody gives a shit that it was you? Whoever came out to the Eminem song, they were popping for the song. You know, that's it's a, like that's, do your. job
1: That's a very interesting point. And uh, do you think that? Uh, so, if let's say if you come out, like you said, like to an Eminem song, and the crowd gets hyped because of that song, do you think that what separates the memorable match? Or the memorable performer from, uh, you know, just a throwaway. Basically, is the fact that when you come out to a certain song, if you can if you can match that intensity, that feeling that that song evokes in the audience, then you're doing something right because it's fitting. The character is fitting who you are, and now you're basically you're an extension of that music, essentially. Is that something that some of the guys, you know, do miss that when they get out there and now, you know, you just got hyped up by this great Eminem song and then you go out there and you're just kind of like, you know, headlock, wrist lock, you know, it, it's not intense. It's not brutal. It's not a lot of, you know, face punching and and just brutalities. That's something that the guys can miss a mark on.
0: Well, yeah, uh, for sure. See, but the thing is, like nowadays, because of stuff airing on Twitch and Fight TV, a lot of there's a lot of issues about copyrighted music. Right. So at FSW, ninety percent of our guys' music is 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 usable without having any conflicts. You know, the thing is, guys like Sky High, you know, that's a signature song. You hear that, you know, it's them. You know, Funny Bone. They're still in the process. They still come out to their own music. Right. And we've gotten to limit it a lot, but the unguided, uh, Remy Marcel, they've, Ice Williams, they've come out with stuff that they've used long enough that people know them by that song now. So it is them that are getting that reaction. Right. You know, it's also the biggest pet peeve I have, with the character or the thing that they do, and this guy comes out and he's a maniacal psycho and he's pulling at his face and he does this stuff, and then the match starts and it's just a regular wrestling match. That's he yeah. doesn't anything of what his character is perceived to be, and you know the the one thing, as I always said, you know when you compare hyper streak and Gregory Sharp. I was never a huge fan of Hyperstreak. I've said it on a million occasions. You know, he was a guy who cut good, passionate promos when he needed to. He had good facials. Hyperstreak starts off, and he runs around and runs around and runs around like The Flash. And then he goes in and has a match, but he still wrestles like Gregory Sharp did five years ago. Yeah. Now, the maniacal Gregory Sharp, who... We had talked, and somebody brought it up instead of Hyperstreak with his new persona, there was a name bandied about that I loved, and that was Killstreak. And you know, I really, really liked it. And me and Greg kind of went back and forth. He was like, well, you said you didn't like Hyperstreak and you know, you the Greg Sharp? I go, yeah, I do, but I really like this Killstreak idea too. You know what I mean? But if you see... As Greg Sharp has come in and, he, and he's put the attack on Jay Vidal, he is 100% believable as this maniacal person who feels that not only the fans, the management, anybody representing FSW just saw him as that guy. They saw him as, as that, the good hand, that top utility player. And it's really built a fire in him that when he comes out, you can see the passion of him trying to prove everybody wrong. You know, you could call anything a work that you want, but I I, I believe, and that's what's important as a wrestling fan, I believe that putting on an act, that he's not putting on a show to be a character. He's wanting to go out and prove that he deserves the accolades that Jay Vidal's getting or a Matt Vandergrift's getting or a Remy Marcel has gotten and all these guys or what's perceived to a lot as the flavors of the month that they come in and like, Oh, I ever fly. He's hot as firecracker. Like Greg Sharp's been doing it for nine years, yeah. you know, traveling the globe, carrying FSW around, spreading the word and, you know, feeling like, you know, it's like that love, the love of your life that doesn't feel the same way. Like he feels he's put everything into this relationship, but he's not getting back what he's putting in. I believe it a thousand percent. Yeah. And and if not, then he's the best actor in professional wrestling. So, so either way, it it works out great.
1: And do you think, uh, you know, something paying attention Paying attention to those little details, um, like, uh, you know, if if you're turning into a heel, instead of calling yourself Greg Sharp, you use the full name of Gregory. Do you think those little details make it all that much more believable that this person is, you know, a, a prick or an asshole or, you know, someone you should despise because, you know... I mean, we even knew Greg Sharp, right? But but who's this Gregory Sharp? It's, you know, is that something that just kind of fi- 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 factors into the development of what a person can do with the character, you know, down to as something as simple as the, uh, a couple letters onto your name?
0: I think it's more of adding as many layers as you can. And... That is another layer. He didn't have to do that. He could have did something else. But adding layers on top of it, just like class, you know, Christopher Landon, and Anthony Streeter, you know, it sounds like a privileged person. Yeah. You know, I'm class for sure. You know what I mean? It's just another layer of his douchiness that has gotten him to be one of the top three heels in FSW in less than a year. Yeah. Easier.
1: Yeah. Um, As we wrap up here, Joe, uh, let me ask you, uh, we got Future Shock again coming up on the FSW Network uh, this Saturday, the 31st of July at 7 p.m., Again, the network costs $6.99. You get Future Shock. Plus, you can go back and watch all the stuff we've been talking about. Um, so it's a great little thing to uh, you know, subscribe to. Um, what can fans uh, expect if they uh, tune into Future Shock uh, this week?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's a combination of things. You're going to see uh, some fresh talent. You're going to see some new guys. But you're also going to see Bodhi, Jordan Cruz is back. Uh, Thomas stays back for his first singles match uh, since before the pandemic. Wow! You know, uh, he made a surprise appearance at the at the Rumble at the anniversary. And now he is ready to roll. So he's another good addition. You know, he's a former No Limits champion. You know, he's a very entertaining character. He's a very entertaining wrestler. Uh, the last time we saw him, uh He was hanging out with that WWE guy, NXT, uh, Tyler Rust. I believe his name is over there. Ryan Taylor, part of the Soul Burners. Uh, Also, uh, Sandra Moon was an apprentice with Thomas Day. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's any interaction uh, uh, between the two as Sandra has gone on to her own uh, successful uh, career over the last year. So you know, mixing and matching that. And and like I said, getting as many of our, our younger talent, you know, on the show, uh, Mike rain who runs best to the West, uh, he's gonna be down. Uh, I think he's coming down more to hear some uh, gambling uh, uh, ideas for me for him, but he'll throw in a match while he's there. And, you know, he's a good guy for the FSW crew to say hello to and meet he yep. runs best of the west who you know chris bay funny bone you know a lot of our guys you know work best of the west he uses a lot of vegas dudes he knows there's talent here so it would be smart on the younger guys ends to introduce themselves and say hey you know I'm mike i'm tony i'm bob whatever you know and that way he can keep an eye on him and then if they they send a they send a mention You know, they're they're on the radar because the goal is to work as many companies as you can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, On that note, everyone, uh, again, please uh, subscribe to the network. uh, Check out all the great content that's there. Um, Also, uh, if you're in the area and uh, you want to, you know, get a ticket for uh, Future Shock, um, definitely look at the FSW website. um, And... uh, then after uh future shock this weekend there's one more show that's coming up uh that's a high octane before uh the uh, SummerSlam, uh festivities get under the way uh later on in august so uh, you get a lot for just 6.99 a month
0: yeah uh, uh, and august 7th we already have hammerstone graves class you know remy death proof i'm pretty sure ice williams and that, that band of misfits that he calls the faction. Uh, you know, Eli Everfly was supposed to be there. He's banged up, recovering from injury. I'm hoping uh, we have things set. But, you know, there's another name for natural-born killers, Eli Everfly. I'm excited. You know, I have an idea for a match uh, that we need to solidify. But, you know, there's a couple of options and – you know, I'm really excited uh, to have Eli in there because just watching his style and his grappling ability, yeah. You, know, we've seen him, uh, you know, pull out some amazing reversals and combinations, you know. And there's some really, really uh, huge talent there. I, I kind of want to see him go one-on-one with Hammerstone myself. You know what <laughs> I mean? Be a true uh, David versus Goliath. <laughs> you know. Him and Graves, who knows? That could be, uh, you know, a, a battle right there. But yeah, so we, we got a lot of talent. Uh, I'm gonna get off uh, get off here and make uh, an important call to a former UFC heavyweight champion uh, who has been at Natural Born Killers before, and you know, seeing if we can, uh, you know, spice things up, and you know, maybe he'll he'll work Eli Everfly. You never know.
1: Well, I uh I hope that uh the phone call goes good and I hope that that particular person does uh end up coming in for the show cuz that would be that much more entertaining. Um and uh Yeah, it would
0: be good to have Brock in the main event.
1: Yeah, you know, of course. Uh and and you know the uh I thought Brett the Threat already announced that uh it wasn't an open challenge. He got Conor McGregor to go against him, right?
0: uh yeah i'm not too sure i haven't gotten the return email so
1: (laughs) all right everyone thank you for tuning in and uh as always follow the vegas bad boys of podcasting and uh follow fsw on all their social media and again the network uh 6.99 a month and you get all this great content and you can see the
0: biggest bargain in wrestling
1: hell yeah hell yeah all right two
0: dollars and 33 cents a show (laughs)
1: And I think the last time a person paid $2.33 for a show, you were getting, uh, like, George Hackenschmidt and uh, those guys. And Lutez, I think. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, everyone. Until next time, take care, everybody.